Hello, my name is Tara Suber, and welcome to Tara Talks 2. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This episode today is entitled, Let's Start at the Beginning. As a child, I had the best childhood in my home with mom and dad and my brother. Because early on, it was only a family of four. It was me, my mom, my dad, and my younger brother. And I remember things being in my home. I, I remember feeling safe. I remember feeling happy. I remember feeling secured. I, I just remember a beautiful home that my parents made for me and my brother. Always felt safe, always felt happy, always was fed. There was never a time, even though, you know, as I got older, I remember my dad saying, Woo, you know, we struggled, you know, things were tough, you know. As a child, that was not something that, or information that I was privy to because in my case, as a child, my emotional health and my emotional well-being was determined by the environment that my parents set up for me. And because it was such a positive environment, if they argued, I didn't see it. If we were lacking, I never felt it. I was always happy. You know, we're in the country. We like egg and rice and bologna and, <laughs> and pork and beans. You know, we, you know, that's how we get down in the country. So it's, you know, if that was a struggle meal, I never knew it. It felt like a feast to me. So my brother and I were absolutely shielded from any crisis or any struggle that my parents may or may not have been going through. We lived a happy life in our home, in our home that our parents made for us. Always felt safe. And that's very important for a child. And our parents worked really hard. Um, Both my parents worked outside of the home. So I remember At the end of the week, sometimes they, you know, they would want to go out. They would want to enjoy themselves. And so when they did go out, we were left with family members, you know, to babysit. And I can honestly say one of my earliest memories is sometime between the age of five and seven. I can clearly remember my aunt babysitting us and a lot of the other cousins and we having the best time at grandma's house in the yard, kicking up the dirt, playing games. I declare war, tag, hide and go seek. We just created things to do in from the early morning to the heat of the day when we had to go in and cool off and get our lunch and then go back out and kick it all over again, you know? So I remember those times, the daytimes that grandmas on the front porch with the aunties and the cousins just being the best time. There was a washing machine that was on that front porch. The the old ones that had the ringer in the middle, I remember the ringer because the ringer was like the devil. You just if you wanted to go to hell real quick, you put your finger in the ringer. <laughs> and I had a cousin who tried the devil one time and just we can just say that they learned that day that 
that washing machine was the devil and it was not to be played with. <laughs> but, you know, we we had the best time and the best memories just being at grandma's and just having so much fun. And I exhale because those moments of pure joy and happiness, I can I can literally in my mind go back to those moments and, and those days in the yard playing and I can smell summertime. I can smell those wild uh, daisies that grew, the yellow ones that covered the fields. And I could I can smell the mulberries on the mulberry tree next door. I can I can smell the plums. It's summertime, you know? And we never hardly went inside for a snack or water. We would just turn on the spigot. But at that time, we didn't have a faucet. I remember Granny having a pump in the front yard. And we would prime the pump. We'd prime it and prime it. And then we would get water from the pump. And it would be the funkiest smell, but the coolest taste on your tongue. Like that eggy, eggy sulfur, you know what I'm saying? But the coolest water came from that pump in the heat of the day. And we would take times with the little metal cup and drink, or we just drink it as it's coming out and let it flow in our mouth and up our nose. <laughs> just getting wild. Those memories are so great and so wonderful and so grand. I wouldn't trade them for the world. And I thank God that my mind goes back and I can smell the memories. I can feel I can that they're tangible to me because those are the happy times in my life in my childhood with my cousins and the aunties on the front porch summertime with the devil of a washing machine with that ringer in the corner <laughs> you don't mess with that devil I'm telling you that's the first devil I learned not to mess with <laughs> those were good times I also remember the evenings. Now, the evenings were a little darker. I do. I remember um, parties. I remember, you know, music, lots of music. My family was surrounded by music. And I remember being left um, with a particular, particular babysitter in our family, me and my brother, many times. And I remember this particular family member being like the most amazing person in the daytime. I mean, the funniest, the jolliest, the most humorous. I mean, just extravagant and was everybody's favorite. I remember that clearly. But I also remember that this person became dark when night fell I remember that I remember going to sleep at night with my younger brother kind of um, tucked tucked against my tummy I remember I would always sleep near the wall the bed was pushed in a kind of catty corner in a corner not catty, but in a corner. 
And so the back of the bed was up against the wall. I always remember being up against the wall and pulling my brother tucked in my tummy and holding him by the tummy and just holding him and him and I would go to sleep. And I remember holding him very, very tight. And I recall this family member just being evil. And I remember them coming in the room several times on several occasions, on several visits, on several times when they were babysitting. And I remember them pushing themselves behind me, trying to separate me and my brother and coming behind me and touching and rubbing the most horrible, horrible, I can still feel the way it felt in that moment, time after time, I would just squeeze my little legs together really tight in an effort to stop whatever act they were trying to do. And in my mind, as a child, you just, you don't understand. You know it's wrong. You feel it's wrong in your gut because this is not what goes on in your home because your house is safe, your house is happy, your house is secure, but this was different. In in an effort to separate me and my brother, I could remember squeezing my brother tighter and tighter to my tummy like I was his protector. But this family member was much stronger than me, so I almost lost the fight every time. But I would twist and turn my little legs together and just squeeze until they went numb to stop them from penetrating. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment there. Because I see this image. Time and time and time. I feel it time and time again. But because this particular family member was most loved, most revered, most jolly, how dare me speak up against the darkness? Who would believe little old me that these things were happening? My goal every time was just to protect my brother. I just wanted to make sure he was safe. So whatever it took, whatever I had to bear, I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And guys, that's not okay. What was happening to me was not okay. I knew it was not okay. And everybody loved this family member so much. And so I felt as a kid that there was so much pressure on me. So I consented to the silence. I consented to be quiet. Because of fear of the repercussions that I would have to deal with because of it. So when I say let's start at the beginning, honestly, when I begin today, I didn't think I would even go that deep. But when I do begin, I'm spirit led. And I feel as though I'm being drawn in on an assignment stamped with purpose, sealed with purpose to help somebody and unpacking this trauma is helping me even right now 
This past summer when the Lord gave me this mission to start, I heard him say, go. And I questioned him because I said, Lord, well, there's some things that my immediate family, my kids don't know about. My husband knows, knows it all. Him and I have spoken on many occasions and I've spoken to him about my past. And so, but my children, my girls, they weren't aware. So this summer when the Lord said, go, I sat them down along with my husband and we spoke about mom's past. And they got up in arms and they wanted to do something. They wanted to fix it. They wanted to confront. That's This generation is totally different from ours. You know, we were told to sit down, be quiet. And we never asked questions. We were told, go do this and go do that. Because I said so. And because I said so was like the seal of the deal. That was the Sila moment when mom and dad said, because I said so, the room gets still and you know, I'm not allowed to question. I'm not allowed to say a thing. Right now, my assignment has been given and because I said so means to get your Ruta Tuta fresh and fruta down and do what mom and dad says to do. <laughs> because I said so, was the seal of the assignment and your next move was to complete it. No questions, no huffing, no puffing, just do. But this generation is different. This generation is much different. We were raised in such a different time. This was um something I had to let them know. This is what mom dealt with in the beginning in the early stages of my life. I was introduced to a world that I wasn't mentally or emotionally mature enough to handle or even to understand. And because I didn't understand it and because I knew it was wrong, but I didn't understand it. I knew I was being violated, but I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on at that age. So I began to suppress things early on. Suppress feelings. And then they would come out in, in almost like a rebellious way as I grew up, as I got older. But I won't get into that on today. I just wanted to start at the beginning because... Everything has a foundation. Just like, thank you, Lord. Just like when you're planting a tree or a flower, there's certain things that flower requires in order to mature, in order to blossom. It may require sunlight. Of course, it requires water, nutrients, um, some flowers grow good in shade. Some flowers grow good in sunlight. Some needs 
partial sunlight, partial shade. Just depends on the species of the plant. But one thing that all plants need is nutrients. So what kind of nutrients you put in the plant or put in the ground determines the outcome of the harvest or the flower, okay? As it is in the natural, mm. so it is in the human body, in the spirit being, how you nurture a child, what you put in a child, it determines what the child puts out. I'm not saying that these moments determine your destiny. I'm not seeing, but they do affect how you progress. And I believe that those seeds of misfortune, seeds of violation, those seeds that that predator, those moments that they wanted to find pleasure with a child affected my early teenage years and my early adult years because I was introduced to sex or some kind of twisted fantasy when my mind and my body and my spirit and my soul was not mature enough to even understand what was going on. I was really hard on my kids coming up determined to protect them from every and anything that I had gone through and more so my girls and my boys and I probably should have been just as protective with my boys as I was with my girls I do have some regrets but as I said before my mountaintop experiences as well as my valley experiences are all experiences that I wouldn't change for the world because there were lessons learned on every level. I say to you today, those of you who may have been violated as a child, those of you who may have been exposed to levels of life prematurely that you couldn't decipher or you just couldn't make sense of it, I understand and that was not okay. If you are that family member or that predator that is being driven by some darkness and you're exposing young children to your sick fantasies, that's not okay. It does cause harm. It does damage. And sometimes it ends really badly because there's some people who are not equipped with the one thing that kept me whole. I am a believer. And that is the only thing that kept me all these years. If you are a victim, it's imperative that you confront the darkness because I believe in confrontation, that there is healing. Confrontation also brings this. It brings the darkness to light and when darkness is brought into the light and exposure happens that person is less likely 
to offend again. Today's episode was a difficult one to record. To bring those memories back, I felt every bit of it, every moment. But I felt it was necessary. We cover up enough already. We consent to the silence of the trauma. But it is only in the unpacking that a healing comes. It's only in the confrontation of certain things that darkness is brought into the light. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you. Until the next time, be encouraged. You are not alone. If you encounter child sexual abuse, resources and support are available. Call to have questions answered or chat with a trained crisis counselor 24-7 at no charge. All conversations are confidential. Call now to get help. Call 866-4-LIGHT, F-O-R-L-I-G-H-T, or text LIGHT, L-I-G-H-T, to 741 741